I'm Julie. I'm Kristen. I'm Kate. And welcome to Topical Island. Each week, one of us will deep dive into a topic that interests us. Have you ever wondered how to become a Disney princess? Is diva behavior acceptable? And what does it have to do with the opera? Will we get to work from home forever, ever? Join us as we answer these questions and more. As each week, we will take you to a different topical island. Hello, and welcome to Topical Island. Kristen, let's start with you. How are you? How's your week been? I am good, Julie. It's so nice to hear and see both of you. Um, I've had an a great week. We just came off the uh, long weekend and it was the Thanksgiving long weekend, which is my favorite holiday, I think, of the year, just because um, there's just, I mean, granted, I'm not, I, I typically don't take on the bulk of the cooking, but uh, it's a fairly low stress holiday. Well, not a lot of present buying and, uh, and a whole day. I mean, I know there's like a sorted history behind Thanksgiving, but I, I, I take it as like a time to just be grateful for things. So I think it's a really neat holiday to have. Um, that being said, I uh, did want to do a thanks to, um, so <laughs> I think last, it was just last week on the podcast, we were talking about the rut run, I think. And, um, yes. and uh, Kate's coach did a, a rut run podcast that I wanted to shout out. Um, so this is the uh, No Limits. And so I think, I believe his podcast is called Map to Triathlon. And he did an entire mm-hmm. um, Rhett Run episode. Did you guys listen to it yet? I haven't. It's on my list of okay. uh, it, what? It's on my playlist in terms of what's coming up next totally. on my podcast. So I did listen to the whole thing and it was quite delightful. Well, I had a nice chat with your coach at the um, at the run itself. And so it was very nice. He did a full episode about uh, the rut run and he also shouted out our podcast. So I'm doing a shout back out, a, a holla back. Um, and I don't know I'm not clapping back. It was a very kind, kind words that he said, um, Todd. And also, um, I listened to the whole thing and it was like a play-by-play of the run, like, and his, not only the actual ceremony of it, but I, um, like what he was thinking at different parts of the run. And I was quite enthralled. And I, it was interesting because as not an athletic runner, typically, most of the time when I'm running, I'm thinking like, don't fall over, don't throw up. That's as far as my mind goes, but it's fun. It was fun to listen to an actual person who does it and kind of the strategy that goes into the run that I, that I would never would have thought of. So thank you for that connection, Kate. And thank you, Todd, for that interesting perspective. Awesome. I'm so glad to hear you enjoyed it. Yeah. You guys both need to listen to it. I'm If you have or haven't, it was, it was a, it was, a, it's always interesting to, here's someone's perspective of, of a day that you hadn't talked to about it. You know what I mean? It was just, it's just interesting. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, very cool. Kate, how about you? We had lovely uh, Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, we went to Nick's cousins and they always put out an unbelievable spread. Um, and so that was amazing. The downside being when we woke up the next morning, particularly disappointed was Nick that we had no leftovers and I'm sure they would have given us leftovers of course but we didn't we didn't 
really think about it at the time. So we had, um, how, how do you say, maybe a little bit of an ad hoc turkey, full on turkey dinner for the second time that day because nick went the on same, a mission the day the day after the day after oh still that's a lot it is a lot <laughs> it's quite a bit and it was as last minute as you can make a full turkey dinner because you don't just last minute throw a turkey in the oven <laughs> but no. he found a fresh bird he was very proud of himself and uh then we mm-hmm. uh we had our second Thanksgiving meal, just um, me, him, and, and Tenley, family of three. And so now we have many, many leftovers. Well, and there, I guess he he got what he wanted? Got what he wanted. <laughs> so nice. that was my, my weekend full of dinners and lots and lots of food. And Julie, nice. what were you up to <laughs> this past week? Uh, we did, you know, did the turkey. Uh, it was just our immediate family, so the three of us, and um, pretty low key. And then um, my daughter and I went swimming on Monday, <laughs> which um, I, I think I'd mentioned previously. She's like really, she's really getting into swimming and really enjoys it. And it's actually now enjoyable to go with her because she's just a little bit more, um, not only capable, but a little bit more aware of her own um, limitations as well. So she kind of, you know, if she wants to go in the deep end, she can advise that, okay, no, I would like my life jacket so we can do that. I will say I am an eight month pregnant person and to go swimming is like the ultimate remedy for your ailments because to have that weight lifted is really, really, really nice. So if anybody out there is listening and is pregnant and their body is aching, go for for a nice swim. Do yourself a favor. I think it's just uh, so good for you. And honestly, it's good for everybody. It's good for your joints. Just um, Or if for any reason you're carrying around extra weight or anything like that, it does alleviate it. So uh, there's my um, free advice for the week. Great Um, advice. I would love to know, Kate, where are you taking us today? Well, I'm curious, Kristen, if you happen to Uh hear Todd talk about whether or not he was being competitive during this fun run when he was giving his race report on the RET run. Yes. He was. He was. Well, he was assessing, because I think it was the idea of, okay, this is like this is a run, but it's not uh, like it wouldn't be a qualifying for anything no. type of run, right? So he was trying to assess were the other people in the group going to like seriously do a run, or are they just kind of there to have a you know a good time? And so he had established that some people were doing this, and so he became competitive based on that. Interesting. That's so interesting. Isn't I hope it? I'm not. I hope I'm not putting words in your mouth, Todd. If you're <laughs> no, thank you for recapping. Now, Julie, you also did the run. Um, how were you feeling the day of? Now, you did it with your four-year-old. I, I did. And uh, do, do you, how competitive was I feeling? Yeah. Okay. Here, I'll be honest. First of all, we walked as a family. We didn't run. And um, I had to go to the washroom really bad half about halfway through. And 
we were like, as far as the family groups, we were kind of ahead. But then when I stopped to go to the bathroom, that put us in the very back and we were the last ones to finish. And I'm not ashamed, but I would have liked to finish a little bit further ahead. Okay. So there wasn't no sense of competition that day. Uh, There's always a sense of competition. Like if I play Uno with my five-year-old, I would still like to win. (laughs) Okay. Well, that's what we're talking about. I've always been interested in what makes us competitive. And so I thought I would um, tell you a little bit about that. Oh, please do. I come from an insanely competitive family. And I I might have some good anecdotes, actually. Well, and that is, in fact, what would make or perfect breeding ground for you yourself to be competitive. Because although it's a biological function, and so in biology, competition between organisms is a natural result of evolution. Um, All organisms must have competed at one time or another for limited number of resources, such as food or shelter or mating partners. And humans' tendencies to compete may have been a natural outgrowth of this biological competition. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. However, we now have grocery stores, right? Right. So we don't have to, (laughs) you know, fight our, I mean, unless it's the beginning of a pandemic and it's the toilet paper aisle, we're not fighting each other for uh, food and resources. Um, But the psychological trait of competitiveness often has nothing to do with survival, although the tendency to compete might be a natural outgrowth of the biological competition. I said that already. Um, Now, competition itself is neither good nor bad. Studies have shown that doesn't give you an advantage to be more competitive or if you kind of are a laissez-faire person, that it's not a bad thing. Um, Healthy levels of competition have shown in studies to improve self-esteem and increase enjoyment in life. Um, It can also be a motivator for people to work harder towards their goals if you're feeling a little bit competitive. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. So it's true that some people tend to be more competitive than others. Um, Kristen, would you consider yourself a competitive person? Uh, Sometimes. Okay. Hmm. Is there certain... (laughs) Well, can I tell a Kristen story? Please. Yeah. Okay. So now I I think this is when we were in junior high, Mm -hmm. but... Kristen ran, used to ru- would run the hundred meter sprint, and mm-hmm. like I think you're competitive because you could turn on the jets like nobody else I've seen. Like your running times were crazy, even though you know outside of that, I don't know that. Like I don't know that I ever saw you, um, like. I think we used to even play soccer together and I didn't think of you as somebody who would like, like just <laughs> like go crazy, but in the right circumstances, you were super motivated. And yeah. I'm well, guessing that was from competition. That because there are the right circumstances that can make people more competitive. And so given certain situations um, that people are put in, it can you can find yourself being more competitive, whereas normally you wouldn't feel that way. 
so a few ways that you might find yourself being a bit more competitive are if you are in one of these situations or if you measure yourself in these certain ways. So if you measure your self-worth by comparing yourself to others. So if you really enjoy seeing yourself kind of ranked against others mm. and that whether you're middle of the pack or at the bottom and that motivates you to do better or try harder, if that's something that's important to you, um, then that will bring out your sense of competitiveness. If the competition is something that's important to you, so if someone who takes pride in intelligence might be more driven to compete in spelling bees versus and have no interest in a dance contest. Mm. If you find yourself against a competitor with a similar skill level, so say Kristen's running the 100 meter dash and there's the majority of her, her competitors are either a little bit better, or a little bit worse than her in terms of time she's more apt to be competitive than if they were all Usain Bolt or mm-hmm. right whoever's very slow <laughs> turtles yes <laughs> so if they're of similar skill level you find you will become more competitive yeah um, than if you know you're either going to blow them out of the water or you don't stand a chance totally yeah Kristen, can I can I ask? Was there? Do you remember? Was there a motivating factor when you would do that hundred meter d- distance? Well, I mean, I will say that like I am good at short distances. I'm gar- garbage at long distances, and so I would never even think like I would be zero competitive. Kind of to your point, Kate, like because I know I would suck at it. And if I was, right. but yeah, like if you know you have a chance, like if I was at the bottom, I would just be like, no, I'm just. I'm just the slowest, who cares? But um, I think that I, t- I totally agree with that statement, that if you kind of have a chance or you're in the middle, it's like, okay, game on. Nice. If you know your competitors personally, uh, people oh. tend to get more emotionally invested in comparing themselves to friends rather than strangers. Ooh, does that um, mean more competitive or it's just like it's going to hurt more? <laughs> no, I think you become more competitive, but that probably yeah. means it's going to hurt more if you fall short. Right. Oh, man, that's tough, though, because I know that there are moments when if it's somebody I care about, I might ease off a little bit, depending on what's happening. Like, well, my partner, David, doesn't listen to this podcast, so I'm going to say, (laughs) um, like, if we play a board game and I'm, as I said, I'm quite competitive and I think I'm going to, like, really beat him, I'll ease off. Do you think this is your a sense of compassion, your lack of competitiveness, or just the fact that you don't want to deal with a potential meltdown. <laughs> if he or you win. want someone to keep playing with you. It could be totally or, yeah, or you want I do someone that. to play the next game. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, I think it, I think it's that. I think it's totally the, like, I want him to think that there is competition here, uh, but he'll still kind of win. I don't know. I don't know. Now, I think there's also something to be said about the fact that when you know, it's not necessarily that you're less competitive, but when you know you eased off, there's something there. There's a satisfying feeling there as well. Where it's just like, all right, I'm going to let you bask in this. I'm going to let you smirk. But I know know inside (laughs) what's happening. I know who really won that game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Oh boy, maybe I'm a sociopath. I don't know. <laughs> no. And then a couple other circumstances which bring out people's competitiveness is if there is an audience. And this is so mm, true totally, for me. Totally. Yeah. I immediately think of um, if I'm running on the trails and I don't often give myself breaks of walking breaks. Usually if I'm out for a run, it's a run. But if I'm, I know, and sometimes I'll plan it. I'll say, just make it to here. And then I'll, and then I'll take a little bit of a walking break. And mm-hmm. if somebody shows up on the path when I'm supposed to stop for my break, yes. I'm just like, oh, now I have to keep going. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't know them from a hole in the wall, but I would rather have them not see me taking a break. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah. And then finally, if there are limited resources, so then this is an example of, um, you know, if you put two people in the desert, um, they're more likely to fight over a a coconut than if you find them in a supermarket and there's only one coconut because you've got other options. There are more resources to choose from. So, yeah. So those are a few things that will bring out the competitor in us all. Oh, geez. Yeah. Yeah. But um, any human being's personality is a product of both internal and external factors. The psychology of competitive of a competitive person is no exception. Competitiveness almost by definition becomes a manifest in a group setting and characteristics of the group influence the social competition in individuals. So if you were brought up by an extremely competitive family, Julie, then yeah. of course you are going to of course you are the way you are. No, it's, it's 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 absolutely fair and we talk about it as a family and it's to the extent that I've seen us like say there's an outsider who wants to learn how to play a certain card game with us. Like we will get competitive about teaching the person how to play the game. Like that's how deep rooted it is. Like we th- each think that we can explain the game better than the other person. Like <laughs> It's so, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous, but we all do it. It's one side of my family and we play lots of, especially card games together. And it's, it's out of, I don't want to say it's out of control, but I wouldn't want to be an outsider who comes and sits and with yeah that doesn't seem like crazy like family. I don't feel like I want any of your family to teach me a card game because <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll all try and interrupt each other and be like yeah but you're forgetting this or like it's just it's insane and we're not even playing the game yet we're just trying to right. teach it or learn it and oh boy yeah no I'm definitely a product of that I've had to learn to especially with um Well, you know, kind of going back to what Todd was saying, like you kind of have to assess the situation. You have, especially with new people, you're like, okay, are we here for fun time or are we here to win? Because if somebody, if somebody puts that out there, I'm in, but, but until, until somebody else shows their teeth, you'll take a step back. All right. Well, I mean, obviously there, so we're very clear on the fact that there's a diversity of competitiveness out there. But I did find one article that talked about a study that I thought was interesting, saying that in some animals, the most competitive individuals, although they're able to secure more higher quality resources, which is an obvious evolutionary advantage, 
However, those same highly competitive individuals are also the least able to efficiently exploit those resources, whereas less competitive individuals are able to efficiently get by with less. And so competitiveness, at least in the natural world, um, is a continuum between dominance and efficient survival. So it depends on which of those external influences you're favoring. So whether you're oh. you're going to decide not to be competitive and go after the the group of zebras, um, you know, full on and mm-hmm. just kind of hang back and then exploit the fact that maybe they'll leave leftovers or, you know, you can just kind of get by, but you just kind of get by. So, and that's yeah. not to say that they're any, any dumber than those who are uh, hyper- competitive and out there um, because they're spending way more energy um, right. all there they're they're getting better resources that also comes at a cost so right it just depends on how you look at it really I w- the one thing I, I find and this is I don't I'm outing myself way too much but the one thing that I when we we're talking about am I competitive or not there's one thing that I'm definitely not and that's like I like I, I like my job and I want to be successful in my job but then when I, I've known people in the past who are like, oh, I wish I had become a lawyer or a doctor or this. And I have no competition in that at all. I'm like, that seems like a lot of work and, <laughs> and like, and to work harder and work more. And yes, you get benefits and like benefits in terms of like higher pay or whatever. But mm-hmm. that kind of reminds me of your situation with the hunting. It's like, yeah, I could do that, but it's a lot more work. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's probably the human equivalent. Of- <laughs> Yeah, I just like I have no competition in that way. I'm like, I'm happy that someone wants to do that. I don't. And I have do not have that like, competitive drive in terms of like, I don't know, like, societal status, maybe, or I don't know. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But you also have nice, clear boundaries for yourself, too, which is great and super healthy. And so, although I'm getting the sense that Julie maybe borderlines on a little bit of a hyper competitive. And I'm about to interrupt because I'm like, no, I'm not competitive. What are you talking? No, I, I just will say that in um, definitely in certain contexts, I am hyper competitive. I, I can admit it. That's fine. Now it sounds, it sounds like um, a little bit of, it sounds like family fun. And because there is, there is a line and it's when, it's when competitiveness becomes a problem. <laughs> this, this is an intervention, Julie. <laughs> this is an intervention. Yeah, this is where we flip the switch. <laughs> so, Julie, what researchers have defined your... <laughs> no, I'm kidding. So, researchers have defined hyper-competitiveness as a neurotic need to win at all costs. Right. Now, hyper-competitive individuals are more likely to have a Machiavellian worldview. Um, so in other words, they believe the ends justify the means and um, the person may feel threatened by rivals. So they will steal resources, tell lies, kind of do whatever they need to do to get ahead. And they can justify it to themselves mm-hmm. in that, you know, so long as I'm winning, I can break the rules. I can break the law. I can do whatever I need to do. Right. <laughs> I, I don't think that's well yeah because like I mean how I, I don't think that well you know what's interesting though is I don't cheat at games but there are a few people 
not related to me, but Mm -hmm. I have played games with a few people who do cheat. Mm -hmm. And that is a different thing to me. Like somebody who will straight out cheat. Yeah, that's a whole Mm -hmm. other level. I don't go there. Yeah, that I feel like that's a whole other it's not the competitive crazy coming out. It's a whole other crazy that that someone will draw out of me if they feel like they deserve to break the rules. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's not competition because it's like you're not really winning. I mean, you really just want to win, but it's not based on any kind of merit, right? Right. 100%. And so excessive competition can also hurt the individual themselves. These people who will do absolutely anything to win um, may spend too much time, you know, putting in the effort um, in training to succeed and neglect other parts of their life, such as friendship or hobbies, and they can quickly lead to um, burnout and isolation. So those people are usually are generally people who are constantly comparing themselves to others, uh, which can lead to the development of chronic feelings of inadequacy. Um, Since no one is good at everything, competitive individuals always have someone to lose against. Because if you're, you're usually, if you're hyper competitive, it's generally going to, it's generally going to be in more, um, in pretty much every aspect of your life, as opposed to just, you know, a sport that you're playing. Right. Which can just lead to stress and a multitude (laughs) multitude of issues. (laughs) And I think no one likes to be around that person. It's so true. If you're constantly in competition, have you ever had a friend or an acquaintance that is constantly needs to one-up you? Yes. And whether it's in a story you tell or an experience you've had, or it's just like, oh, Matt, like you're talking about your weekend and, you know, I had two back-to-back turkey dinners. Well, yeah, I had two and then we made one for breakfast. (laughs) No, I know you're lying. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody has three turkey dinners in a row. Nobody. Who are constantly um, comparing themselves to others, like, there are people who are like, oh, well, they're doing this. And it's just like, I, who cares? Like, that's good. Yeah. But I, mm-hmm. I also find that very stressful to be around as the people who are con- like, and who outwardly will always be comparing themselves to others. I find it so stressful. Well, and I find it almost, um, you can, it's the exhaustion is almost palpable around yeah, those exactly. types yeah. of people. Cause it's like, that's no, you're putting so much effort into yeah. worrying about what other people are doing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it, it's, I can understand. It would be very hard to be in a happy, fulfilling place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So the truth is that competition is everywhere in academic, social, professional, family settings, Julie. <laughs> if you understand the psychology of competition, you have a deeper, more nuanced understanding of human behavior and motivation. And that has practical applications everywhere. And I will leave you with that. Well, I want to know, Kate, do you consider mm-hmm. yourself a competitive person and in which context? Um, I do. In which context? A multitude of contexts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I do have a very healthy sense of competition, um, but... There are a lot of times I would never say out loud, but in my head, I'm in competition with somebody who doesn't know it. Ooh. You know what I mean? I think I do. Like you you wanted to finish the Ret Run 5K before the other families. 
They didn't know that. They didn't know that there was a competitive day. But no, they were just out there having a good time. Yeah, lollygagging, and I still came in last place. No, I get that. I get it. They didn't know that when they thought, oh, the ret run. It's a ret race. At the same time, maybe maybe for them when they saw you fall behind in their heads they just thought all right well at least we're not going to be last this is great it's true it's true you never know right i might have i might have a problem okay um thank you and kristen i would love to hear some good news great um so this i don't know if there's a competitive aspect to this or not but um this is another story about a cat. <laughs> Cats and graveyards. We know who to go to. <laughs> well, I was actually thinking about your story about the cat, Julie. I think, was it not someone in California who lost their cat oh, and then they for found like it like 15 years, years. Later Yeah. Right. Crazy. Yeah. So this was a bit more of a local story. Um, uh, a cat named Dra- Draco? Draco? I'm guessing it's probably maybe Draco from... Um, Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Um, and so I guess this couple from Edmonton would go for hikes at, in Jasper and they would bring their cat. I'm seeing a photo of a cat in a little cute little travel bag. Okay. okay. Um, but on one of their hikes this year in August, the cat got, I guess, freaked out by a canoe. A, oh, oh people portaging a canoe walking by and he slipped out of his harness and he bolted up the side of the mountain uh, on their favorite, one of their favorite trails called the Valley of the Five Lakes, apparently in Jasper National Park. And so, um, yeah, he ran up the mountain and was not to be seen and was only discovered, or I guess I just gave away the end, but uh, (laughs) only discovered this week. And when I say this week, I mean, yeah, this week, October 11th. So sorry, when did they go hiking? How long was he gone for? In August. So Oh. Oh, mm-hmm. like three months. Yeah. Or two oh, or three the months. Adventures that little kitty had. I know. Um, and it was funny because I guess what did she say? Alex said, um, I told my husband if Draco met a bear, I would worry for the bear. I think we've all met <laughs> that cat. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> And so they posted for a $1,000 reward and they would guess like every once in a while the hiker would see the cat. And so they would drive out to Jasper and hope to find him, but they never found him. They were like worried that, you know, he might just kind of love being out in the mountains Mm, Um, because he was a house cat and had never been off, like never been outside, like was never even off leash. So he'd been outside, obviously hiking with them. So anyways, I guess a bunch of volunteers out in uh, Jasper, were helping to find him and they actually used a trap oh like a live trap yeah (laughs) obviously sorry that was such a stupid question (laughs) (laughs) a live trap no a regular bear trap Oh, dear. Oh, so normally I guess animal traps are illegal in the national park, but they made an exception to find to get this little this little kitty. So they got him in a live trap and um, 
and they the person who found them was not going to take the thousand dollar reward and the couple said that the people of jasper are my angels so i guess they were very great of course you'd be so grateful if these people helped you find your missing kitty who oh my goodness that's a lot of months in a fairly dangerous area with uh, they say foxes coyotes wolves and bears well yeah, yeah not to, and that not to mention the weather that they would have yeah um, yeah totally crazy I mean, I guess coming up against the winter you know i'm glad they found him it'd be one of those things i mean i guess they kept seeing him so they must mm-hmm. have realized he was kicking butt around yeah wow Any day. Awesome. that is good news although they sound like kind of a curious couple to take their cats on <laughs> hikes and off i mean and that's quite a reward as well yeah. for a cat that's that's um that's obviously a very special family pet Hmm. Yeah, I will say I was hiking this summer not too terribly long ago, and there was two people who had cats. Really? Uh, Interesting. And I, I don't, I rarely, I, I, that's the first time I've ever seen that whilst hiking. They had like kind of harnesses for them, and they would let them down on a leash. Wow. They didn't really seem to be walking in a straight line. Um, but, uh... <laughs> oh dear. Well, that is some good news, and. I hope you found what you were looking for. 